and welcome to the Lazy Book Club podcast, the book club for those who don't want to read or leave the house. My name is Matt Gonzalez. <laughs> it's David Cox. And I'm Josh Matheson. And this week we are looking at chapter 10 of Treasure Island, which is The Voyage. We might yeah, actually yeah. get somewhere on this ship. The Voyage is another Finally. pub. Finally. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, it, if just it is. one more meeting. We just need to talk about the voyage one more time. Yeah. No. <laughs> I will flip All a table. If, I, I will flip a table if they haven't left yet. I really enjoyed this book. <laughs> but I was sort of intimating at the time. I was like, I was like, they need to leave quite soon. Mm-hmm. Because everybody um, that Trelawney's blabbed to will beat them to the treasure otherwise, since everybody knows where they're going, what's at stake. Like, everyone knows everything. So last week, they finally got to the ship and had a little look around and Captain Smollett came into the cabin and basically said, I want to talk frankly, I'm not happy. And basically I'm hoping you fire me because I'm not happy. But then Dr. Livesey actually heard him out. And unfortunately that meant that the captain couldn't request to resign (laughs) because his uh, grievances had been heard and had been taken into account. And basically the resolution of that whole conversation was that the bunking scenario changed and where the weapons of the the gunpowder was changed. So now everybody who is basically related to the map or knows about the map is in one area of the ship with the weapons and the gunpowder and everybody else in the crew is in the other area, which is already kind of showing a bit of a divide in this ship, which may become a source of contention later on. But we should probably dive straight in and see exactly where yeah, they set off and how long this powder keg lasts before it explodes. Chapter 10. The Voyage. All that night, we were in a great bustle getting things stowed in their place and boatfuls of the squire's friends Mr. Blandly and the like, coming off to wish him a good voyage and a safe return. We never had a night at the Admiral Benbow when I had half the work, and I was dog-tired when, a little before dawn, the boatswain sounded his pipe and the crew began to man the capstan bars. I might have been twice as weary, yet I would not have left the deck. All was so new and interesting to me. The brief commands, the shrill note of the whistle, the men bustling to their places in the glimmer of the ship's lanterns. Now, barbecue, tip us a stave, cried one voice. The old one, cried another. Aye, aye, mates, said Long John, who was standing by with his crutch under his arm, and at once broke out in the air, and the (gasps) words I knew so well. You've got to do it to the tune of, um, like, Time Warp. <laughs> oh, how do I can you do a sea shanty to that? I don't know if you can. I mean, I'm just happy with a Frankenfurter singing a song, to be honest, because Frankenfurter's <laughs> voice is amazing. I knew it was coming as soon as you I'll, did that. I'll try it. Yeah. Try it was a stave. I was like, yes, okay. And 15 men on a dead man's chest. <laughs> oh, but we get the song they're singing i we'll love the idea because it, it says in the book and then the whole chorus like and then the whole crew bore the chorus so it's like the ensemble and a bottle <laughs> of rum. 
<laughs> they, oh, and, and it's like a flash mob. So yeah, one more time, one more time. Fifteen men, you do that bit, and we're going to be the chorus. Go for it. Oh yeah, okay. my delay is going to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> and fifteen men on a dead man's chest. Yo ho! And at the third hoe drove the bars before them with a will. Even at that exciting moment, it carried me back to the old Admiral Benbow in a second, and I seemed to hear the voice of the captain piping in the chorus. But soon the anchor was short up, soon it was hanging dripping at the bows. Soon the sails began to draw, and the land and shipping to flit by on either side, and before I could lie down to snatch an hour of slumber, the Hispaniola... Thank you, Matt. I think you got that one. (laughs) ...had begun her voyage to the Isle of Treasure. I'm not going to relate that voyage in detail. (laughs) No, please do Because the chapter's called The Voyage Tell us nothing We've literally been waiting for the trip We've been waiting for them to go on an adventure And he's like, yeah, I'm not going to tell you about the adventure That's not the interesting (laughs) bit What's really interesting is this boring tea That Dr. Lipsy, Mr. Trelawney had Also, I was like Because I was thinking, God, it must be a bit boring What do they get up to? Do they play cards? Do they just Mm. sit around drinking? Are there games that we've never heard of? Like, yeah, I, I think so Reed would be interested to learn, like, some insight into what sort of privateer sailors get up to. Mm. Do they just, just bonk the whole time? Just I don't putting know. it out there that um, <laughs> in Muppets Treasure Island, this is the bit where they're all just sitting there bored, and then they sing the song "We've Got Cabin Fever." We've got cabin fever, and it's all very hard. Um, We've got cabin fever. Yeah, that one. And the rats have their like slow dancing one. Yes, yeah, so yeah, they're they're having a great time. They're like romantic yeah. dancing with a punch bowl and getting like souvenir photos taken. And it's stuff. really oh. hurting me not watch it, like because I'm so desperate to like. I even saw it come up on Disney Plus. Like, <laughs> oh, do you fancy watching this? And I know that I can't watch it now until we finish it, and it's really yeah, because yeah. I know that I'll enjoy it so much more now. Like yeah. knowing a few things, like oh, that's that character. Like, um, so but I, I am feel like very yeah, excited. That's probably why they cut it down in the Muppets Treasure Island as well, because here in the book you can see we're skipping the bit because maybe they're just saying, yeah, the days and days. Because we did say that it's just gonna be days and days at sea. It's gonna be at least two weeks just at sea, and so mm-hmm. unless unless the relationships boil over or unless something kind of sets this powder keg off like not a lot's gonna happen so i kind of understand why they're skipping ahead as it were because it's probably less interesting than them arriving at the island it was fairly prosperous the ship proved to be a good ship the crew were capable seamen and the captain thoroughly understood his business but before we came the length of treasure island two or three things happened which require to be known Mr. Arrow, first of all, turned out even worse than the captain had feared. He had no command among the men, and people did what they pleased with him. But that was by no means the worst of it, for after a day or two at sea, he began to appear on deck with hazy eye, red cheeks, stuttering tongue, and other marks of drunkenness. 
Time after time he was ordered below in disgrace. Sometimes he fell and cut himself. Sometimes he lay all day long in his little bunk at one side of the companion. Sometimes for a day or two he would be almost sober and attend to his work, at least passably. In the meantime, we could never make out where he got the drink. That was the <laughs> ship's mystery. <laughs> I'd love it if he was just faking it. <laughs> yeah. Just to get off work. He's literally just like pretending to got... be drunk. And they're like, where is he getting this liquor from? <laughs> I love that he that just was like st stashed it in every under secret flanks all across yeah. the Yeah. I think that would be the thing that caused the most mutiny. You'd be like, hang on a second. This is quite boring. Booze would really help you. Yeah. Stop and I see... the rum. He's not sharing. Yeah. Yeah. I do wonder where he probably kept it. Do you reckon he's like, got like if you if you had if you were the only person that had access to booze, you'd have so much power. It'd be like prison, wouldn't it? Like I'd be like, I'll let you have some of my stash, but what are you gonna give me in return? You I guess they're like nothing because I can't get I can't get anything on. But mm, yeah. you know, you could probably Yeah, you probably wouldn't have to work because you'd just be like, All right, you can work a sh you you can cover my shift tomorrow and I'll yeah. give you five tots. And they'd be like, I'll Yeah, right. I'll give you some you wouldn't work a day, would gin. you? Because yeah. I reckon that's what he's doing. I reckon he's fermenting it himself in his toilet or something. That's what they do. Oh, probably. <laughs> mm, toilet vodka. He's just drinking Listerine. <laughs> hand gel. Yeah, they got the, it's quite a, Yeah, it's only hand sanitizer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a very time. professional place. They've got like an eye wash station. <laughs> you know, it's like. <laughs> they got. It's really, really, really uh, nice. I do love around. the idea that he's faking it, though. That would just make it so much better. That he's just like, like a like a, te like a teenager that, like, yeah, he's just he's pretending to be drunk just so he gets out of doing his duties. That'd be amazing. Someone gave him a J two O. Yeah, he's like, I'm so hammered. <laughs> <laughs> Watch him as we please. We could do nothing to solve it. And when we asked him to his face, he would only laugh as if he were drunk. And if he were sober, deny solemnly that he ever tasted anything but water. He was not only useless as an officer and a bad influence amongst the men, but it was plain that at this rate he must soon kill himself outright. So nobody was much surprised, nor very sorry, when one dark night with a head sea he disappeared entirely and was seen no more. Oh, no. oh my God. <laughs> I mean, it's suicide. Mr. Arrow no was surprised. Well, I mean... He got legless and... Uh, just because he disappeared entirely doesn't mean he jumped himself. Someone could have thrown him over. Yeah. On like, ships oh, like this, there wouldn't necessarily be like a... There'd be like gaps in safety the handrails. Yeah, yeah. There'd be there'd gaps be like a gap that's where, where they push the, the cannons. Planks. So he, the if he was just drunk here. and staggered by, he could have just fallen off. Yeah, it's true. And I mean, the the sides are probably only like, you know, thigh high, waist high anyway. Like, yeah. Yeah. Overboard, said the captain. Well, gentlemen, that saves the trouble of putting him in irons. <laughs> oh, that's nice. <laughs> this is what this is why you no attempt to save him. No attempt. No rubber ring. People. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, no. <laughs> saves me a job. <laughs> Uh, He's dead. No one threw him the orange dinghy. No? Okay. Never mind. No. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. I couldn't be bothered to do that. Oh, yeah. That's what made my day easier. Cool. But there we were, without a mate. And it was necessary, of course, to advance one of the men. The boatswain, Job... Oh, probably Job. 
<laughs> Job Anderson. Yeah. He's called Job. Job. Got a new job. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Job. <laughs> the boatswain, Job Anderson, was the likeliest man aboard, and though he kept his old title, he served in a way as mate. Mr. Trelawney had followed the sea, and his knowledge made him very useful, for he often took a watch himself in easy weather. And the coxswain, Israel Hans, was a careful, wily, old, experienced seaman who could be trusted at a pinch with almost anything. He was a great confidant of Long John Silver, and so the mention of his name leads me on to speak of our ship's cook, Barbecue, as the men called him. Aboard ship, he carried his crutch by a lanyard round his neck, to have both hands as free as possible. It was something to see him wedge the foot of the crutch against a bulkhead, and propped against it, yielding to every movement of the ship, get on with his cooking like someone safe ashore. Still more strange was it to see him in the heaviest of weather across the deck. He had a line or two rigged up to help him across the widest spaces. Long John's earrings, they were called and he would hand himself from one place to another, now using the crutch, now trailing it alongside by the lanyard, as quickly as another man could walk. Yet some of the men who had sailed with him before expressed their pity to see him so reduced. Um, and now we're getting it's the, the coxswain, Israel Hands. He's speaking for the first time. Can you do him as like Michael Caine? Just because he's like, Mar Mar Master Wade. What we're proving here is that David is actually much more accomplished at impressions than I am. Um, <laughs> he's yes, quite I good at them, isn't he? Yeah, he's really good. And uh, I feel um, like next time we do a uh, a grim tale with David reading, we should just do it all as impressions. Yeah, yeah but we, instead we've, of we've established that the only problem is I just, like, I just lose my place so often. Yeah. Like, <laughs> That is the, thing, like. the problem isn't the voice, it's the reading. <laughs> yeah. He's no common man, Barbecue, said the coxswain to me. He had good schooling in his young days and can speak like a book when so minded. And brave, a lion's nothing alongside the long john. I've seen him grapple four and knock heads together, him unarmed. More like Baldrick, but I'm liking it. <laughs> Sorry, I tried. <laughs> it's a, you don't have to apologise, Josh. It's great. All the crew respected and even obeyed him. He had a way of talking to each and doing everybody some particular service. To me, he was unweariedly kind and always glad to see me in the galley, which he kept as clean as a new pin, the dishes hanging up burnished and his parrot in a cage in one corner come away hawkins he would say come and have a yarn with john nobody more welcome than yourself my son sit you down and hear the news here's captain flint i call my parrot captain flint after the famous buccaneer Here's Captain Flint's predicting success to our voyage, wasn't you, Captain? And the parrot would say with great rapidity, um, does the parrot just sound like what we would imagine a parrot to sound like? I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. let's give Got him a parrot voice. 
I mean, we could we could hack the system here and and say that a parrot isn't too far away from a pigeon, and we could bring back Sarah Millican <laughs> pigeon. <laughs> Why oh, not? I'd rather, have, I'd rather have. Can we? Can we? Can we just have the Griffin back? Just because I loved it so much. <laughs> you still got to go. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but not a growl. More like a a, a, a kind of pensive, like thinking. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's more like a, it's more like an Iago and Jafar kind of a relationship. Okay, I see. It's I actually so, yeah. like you know the guy from the Muppets who's the bird. He makes that no, noise. I don't know anyone from the Muppets. Doesn't he? Mm. Um, he's the eagle. Yeah, he? the eagle. He does that, doesn't he? Mm, CIA. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's, very, yeah. he's a very serious Muppet. Some mm. of them have to be serious. <laughs> Otherwise, if they were all completely ridiculous, it wouldn't be actually as funny. So some of them need to be straight. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how people do Trekkie Monster. At the, um... Oh, yeah. Pieces of eight. Pieces of eight. Pieces of eight. Hmm. <laughs> till he wondered that it was not out of breath, or till John threw his handkerchief over the cage. Now that bird, he would say, is maybe two hundred years old. Hawkins, they live forever, mostly. <laughs> and if anybody's seen more wickedness, it must be the devil himself. She sailed with England. The great Captain England, the pirate. She's been at Madagascar, at the Malabar, and the Suriname, <laughs> and Providence, and Portobello. These sound like dodgy like nightclubs in Essex. Malabar. They yeah, Malabar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got two for one on uh, Jaeger bombs on a Tuesday. <laughs> Oh, I love going Malabar to Malabar. Malabar. <laughs> I, d I definitely think there's a bar in Malaga called yeah. Malabar. Yeah. If there isn't, someone please make it. I also <laughs> love, do you think that him thinking that the bird is 200 years old is a reflection of the fact that parrots normally live to 80, but in this time, human lives were probably really short? So a parrot always outlived the human. and Always outlived the human. So they probably think, yeah. yeah, they live forever. He said two owners already, but everyone really lives to 35. I had no idea that parrots live this long. Oh, yeah, they live forever. That's why people have to put them in their will. When, you, when people get parrots, they often put them in their will because they will often outlive their owners. Oh. And there's a lot of kids who are literally sitting there going, why has my mum just gotten a bird? Now I'm going to have to look after it when she dies. But I, I'm convinced that the mythology around this bird being 200 years old is probably just because, as you say, no one's survived. Oh, yeah. it's, it's outlived so many people. It could live two lifetimes, couldn't it? Yeah. And maybe the rest, because who knows, if you're living at sea and all the rest of it, I'm guessing a seaman's life probably isn't a very long one with all the scurvy and the alcohol and the sexually transmitted infections. Or just chance of getting shipwrecked. Yeah, well, exactly. Like, the, the chances are so high. <laughs> Or lost it. Yeah, <laughs> this one. Or cool. All over. <laughs> oh, yes. You don't have the benefit of the parrot who can fly, so <laughs> less likely to drown. <laughs> she was at the fishing up of the wrecked plate ships. It's there she learned pieces of eight. And little wonder, 350,000 of them, Hawkins. She was at the boarding of the Viceroy of the Indies out of Goa, she was. And to look at her, you would think she was a babby. But you smelt powder, didn't you, Captain? 
Stand by to go about! Mm. <laughs> the parrot would scream. Ah, she's a handsome craft, she is, the cook would say, and give her sugar from his pocket, and then the bird would peck at the bars and swear straight on, passing belief for wickedness. There, John would add, you can't touch pitch and not be mucked, lad. Here's this poor old innocent bird of mine swearing blue fire and none the wiser. You may lay to that. She would swear the same in a manner of speaking before chaplain. And John would touch his forelock with a solemn way he had that made me think he was the best of men. In the meantime, the squire and Captain Smollett were still on pretty distant terms with one another. The squire made no bones about the matter. He despised the captain. The captain, on his part, never spoke, but when he was spoken to, and then sharp and short and dry, and not a word wasted. He owned, when driven into a corner, that he seemed to have been wrong about the crew, that some of them were as brisk as he wanted to see, and all had behaved fairly well. As for the ship, he had taken a downright fancy to her. She'll lie a point nearer the wind than a man has a right to expect of his own married wife, sir. But, he would add, all I say is we're not home again, and I don't like the cruise. <laughs> the squire at this would turn away and march up and down the deck, chin in the air. A trifle more of that, man, he would say, and I shall explode. Do you think that the reason why they're not getting on is because they're like chalk and cheese? You've got someone who's like really short with his words and another man who just cannot stop talking. And Oh, definitely. Yeah. And both of them have probably got an inflated sense of their own importance. And so that's why they're buttheads as well. Because it's almost like, well, well, it's my ship and I booked everybody. It's like, well, yeah, but I'm the captain. So technically it's my ship. And it's just like... Mm. Loggerheads. Mm. They're both fighting to be in charge. We had some heavy weather which only proved the qualities of the Hispaniola. Despacita. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought I'd bring it into the modern times. Loving it. Every man on board seemed well content, and they must have been hard to please if they had been otherwise, for it is my belief there was never a ship's company so spoiled since Noah put to sea. <laughs> What, loads of animals everywhere? Is that, yeah. is that what we what call a this? spoiled ship? <laughs> Full of uh, animal feces. Well, also just spoiled because the alternative was death. Double grog was going on the least excuse. There was duff on odd days. As for instance, if the squire had... What's duff, please? Yeah. Someone's written it like duff as in like, you know, the movie The Duff. Oh, yeah. Where it's like the designated ugly fat ugly friend. Ugly fat friend, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, it's not that. They brought in the designated ugly fat friend to make everyone feel better. <laughs> yeah, that's why they're spoiled. <laughs> Duff is a bohemian cuisine dessert made with fruit in a dough. Fruit is folded into dough and boiled and served with sauce. Ingredients include fruit, butter, sugar, eggs, nutmeg, cinnamon, cloves, flour, rum, pepper, and baking powder. Duff is that also an nice. English term for pudding. 
So maybe it's just oh, uh, pudding. Hmm. So they like they have they have like a second course on special days. Yeah, they've obviously given like birthday cake when it's someone's birthday. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they TGI. Be, come around, come but on, it's your like, birthday. Everyone sing. Yeah, everyone come and sing. We've all pitched first, in. First Here you go. In it. <laughs> We've had a whip around. It's like office birthday parties. There was duff on odd days, as for instance, if the squire heard it was any man's birthday. And always a barrel of apples standing broached in the waist for anyone to help himself that had a fancy. Never a new good come of it yet, the captain said to Dr. Livesey. Spoil four castle hands, make devils, that's my belief. But good did come of the apple barrel, as you shall hear, for if it had not been for that, we should have had no note of warning and might all have perished by the hand of treachery. Ooh. This is how it came about. We had run up the trades to get the wind of the island we were after. I'm not allowed to be more plain. And now we were running down for it with a bright lookout day and night. It was about the last day of our outward voyage before the largest computation. Sometime that night, or at least before noon of the morrow, we should sight the treasure island. We were heading south by southwest and had a steady breeze abeam a quiet sea. The Hispaniola. Come on, baby, 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 do that conga. <laughs> Rolled steadily, <coughs> dipping her bowsprit now and then with a whiff of spray. All was drawing a low and aloft. Everyone was in the bravest spirits because we were so near an end of the first part of our adventure. Now, just after sundown, when all my work was over and I was on my way to my berth, it occurred to me that I should like an apple. I ran on deck. The watch was all forward, looking out for the island. The man at the helm was watching the luff of the sail and whistling away gently to himself. And that was the only sound, excepting the swish of the sea against the bows and around the sides of the ship. In I got bodily into the barrel, and found there was scarce an apple left. But sitting down there in the dark, what with the sound of the waters and the rocking movement of the ship, I'd either fallen asleep or was on the point of doing so, when a heavy man sat down with rather a crash close by. The barrel shook as he leaned his shoulders against it, and I was just about to jump up when the man began to speak. It was Silver's voice, and before I had heard a dozen words, I would not have shown myself for all the world, but lay there, trembling and listening, in the extreme of fear and curiosity. For from these dozen words I understood that the lives of all the honest men aboard depended upon me alone. End of chapter. Ah! Oh, oh, okay, that was a good cliffhanger. That's a good cliffhanger. I'll give him that one. He's finally, like, ended with a yes. Okay, I want, to, I want to know what happens now. I must ask the question, though, what? of... Why would you get in an apple barrel and then be like, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll just have a little cheeky nap? <laughs> also, why would you get in? You would in? stand would on l- them, surely. I mean, I know he's short. Maybe he couldn't reach the ones at the bottom. So he's climbed in. 
Yeah, but would you like get tip the one it up, the or is there not like a little apple picker nearby that hangs on a little thing, like you know, the, like I, a yeah, they go apple bobbing where you fill it up with water, so they fill up, then, so they rise to the top. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll stab I'd it with a sword, just spear it, and just eat it off the off the sword. That'd be yeah. badass. Well, they that obviously had to facilitate it, you know. I mean, the the captain's questioning why they even got apples full stop. So clearly, the author's having to try and make some kind of excuse for Jim to be able to overhear Long John Silver. It's true. Plotting mutiny. It's a literary device. It's a means to Yeah. It. Yeah. I think we can forgive him. I think we can forgive him as long as the story gets a little bit more kind of like treacherous from now on. Mm. Oh, dear. No, that was actually quite a good chapter. Yeah. I mean, yeah. mostly just because of the ending, because it just kind of kept you up. I think the the bit in the middle with Long John Silver talking about the power it probably wasn't necessary. Could have gotten to the meaty bit a little bit longer and maybe, you know, quicker and kind of given us more suspense and like yeah. maybe also like Danny where Jim nearly gets discovered, like the guy puts his hand in the barrel to get an apple and Jim's just like <laughs> <laughs> just passes it up. <laughs> just hiding I underneath it. They just they just hear it like he still can't resist. He's got the apple, but he's like, Oh, this is really hard. <laughs> yeah, he's eating it. <laughs> <laughs> trying to justify the action here i guess that the scene with long john was important because it like it's like further cementing that he's a trustworthy he's a trustworthy like Mm. jim jim being lulled into the sense that he's a good good person and then i guess well assuming that we're gonna now break that yeah maybe it's meant to kind of like show that he he was a very good at lying and very good at hiding in plain sight and very good at getting people on side Mm. And Bobby also makes the treachery then even more scandalous because you're like, he was nice and luring these people knowing he was going to kill them. Like that somehow makes it seem even more diabolical, really, doesn't it? Like it wasn't a spur of the moment murder. It was a, oh, yeah, no, I'm going to make these people my friends so that when I stab him in the back, they won't. See yeah, them, he's very every every single step of the step of the way has been premeditated meticulously planned yeah meticulously Um, which is a more actually a more enjoyable villain definitely yeah definitely you you want him to be a genius um (laughs) yeah then you that's that's how you because the best the best villains you love hate yeah Uh, admire almost Mm. very true oh kind of cool getting the barbecue because obviously they mentioned that in peter pan as well yeah, that's, Which, a, that's uh, a nickname. For, that's yeah, just a nickname, isn't it? Yeah, for Long John. Yeah, but it just yeah. The, the the crossover between the two fabled books mm. is kind of interesting. So obviously, Peter Pan must have come after this then for them to yeah. reference him. Awesome. Since Long yeah. John, yeah, yeah, this is eighteenth real... century, isn't it? Yeah, since I'm going to go seventeen sixty-seven, and I don't know why. And I if I'm right, I win a monopoly. I think it might be nineteenth century, but set in the eighteenth century. 1883. Oh, okay. Actually, to be fair, if it was 18th century, it wouldn't like because it's actually quite modern. The writing, obviously, there's a few turns of phrase, but there's not much like stuff that gets lost in translation. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, because like, what, what was what was Chaucer? Was that was that like he was 14th century? 14th century. And oh uh, yeah, I remember doing. I remember. Do, I remember doing that and just being like, "This is not why." Like, I know I appreciate that we're doing in this in English literature. This isn't English. Like, this is well, it's a different language. Yeah, it yeah it's a different language. 
It's it's, it's before they like nailed down spellings and stuff though as well. Everyone used to spell yeah, things. It was before standardization, and it yeah. was before the great vowel shift. So all the words were pronounced differently as well. Vowel shift. That's, it was a real thing. <laughs> it sounds like a stage name. I, I believe. I am vowel shift. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to work out what the dozen words were that Silver said. Uh, cool. Okay, go on. So we are like good cricket. to murder oh, everybody no. in the morning. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've uh, been sharpening my sword like all day to in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> it's murder like... on the dance floor. You better <laughs> you... not kill the groove, DJ. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think I think we should stop predicting because I'm sure they're going to tell us next chapter. So is it that time? Yeah, I hope you're not finished com- um, predicting completely because um, it's time to play. Guess what? The next chapter's go. It's odd. So David's is David. Uh, let's go with a devious plan. Ooh, a devious plan. Like I'm just going to go with mutiny. <laughs> with an exclamation mark yes yes exclamation mark exclamation mark exclamation mark okay great smiley face. uh no you're both <laughs> aubergine <laughs> <laughs> the two flam- the two thousand dancers <laughs> I, we should definitely do the translate all of these chapter titles into emojis and see yeah. how we do <laughs> Oh yeah, we could do a quiz. That'd be great. <laughs> um, but no, chapter eleven is called "Quite Straight Down the Barrel." Oh, your pardon the pun. It's called "What I Heard in the Apple Barrel." <laughs> so, if David, if you'd gone with I your don't usual, know why that's funny. Probably why is that funny? Uh, what I heard in the Apple normal. Barrel. It's a terrible Can you imagine if he goes, Captain Smollett, Captain Smollett, what's wrong? I need to speak to you. I've just heard something. Where were Well, I was in the Apple Barrel. What were you doing there? <laughs> That's not important. <laughs> That's not important. No, no. I want to know why you were in irrelevant, the Apple Irrelevant. Irrelevant. Yeah, why are you That's rolling around food. in the apples? Those are public apples. Like, <laughs> you've not washed. been violating got, No one food. else can eat those now. <laughs> Disgusting boy touching all the communal apples. I don't think I trust what you're about to say now because you, I mean, you know you've had me at that bit. No, but I heard something bad. Mm, I don't know, man. There's poo on the apple. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't say I pooed in there. Well, I There's think you poo did. Poo on the apples. <laughs> I mean, they didn't know about germs in this time, did they? They just knew about mold. If something was moldy, of course, there were poo on the apples. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well. If you've got any thoughts or opinions on this chapter, you can message us on thelazybookclub at gmail uh, or if you could suggest places where you think you may overhear uh, mysterious <laughs> plans going on, uh, maybe you're in a uh, a locket uh, or, a, or a pile of leaves in an autumnal. Just, <laughs> let us know in a wheelie bin. At Lazy Book Club Pod. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and please, could as many people as possible send us a picture of uh, poo on an apple on Instagram. <laughs> I don't want to Lazy see that. Book Club Pod. <laughs> oh. I'll never eat an apple again. The, um, apples are great. So gross. <laughs> we also on Patreon, where for the small fee of $3 a month, you get an extra episode as well as access to these videos. Last one was David being our lovely narrator. Our one for this month will be me. You! Which will probably put you off from subscribing. 
but then join again, you know, the following month and we'll be back to Josh reading and, and it will be a lot better. And you get to see better. the pictures that we're talking about. I don't think... It's people, true, you do. You're get, like you're getting a, a very good the product. The full experience. Without word. it, but with it, it's like... <laughs> watching it in 4D with 5D sound and a death slide. Like you can, you can, you can go on the journey. Be like, oh, what's Matt gonna wear today? Oh, <laughs> oh, oh! Well, was, anyone on Patreon will see I've had my hair cut. Ooh, and anyone on Patreon will Rich, see no one, I... none of you said anything. I'm very, very offended. No, I, I had my hair well, cut. None of you said anything. So, oh, excuse okay, me, correct. I had my hair cut this week, and none of you have said anything. <laughs> so, cool. Did we all go and get our hair cut this week? I got my hair cut on Tuesday. Everyone, so. <laughs> are our oh, cycles of, of our t- of our cycles synced up? Because <laughs> it's a full moon. <laughs> It's a happen for of course, as well. Of course, all the Patreon people would have already noticed that and, uh, and you know shared <laughs> yes. it on their latest yes. book club Patreon WhatsApp group that they're all part of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to look extra handsome for all these people watching. Well, you know, you've got to have a bit of eye candy, innit? Mm. Well, join us next week for chapter 11. What I what I heard in the apple barrel. <laughs> yeah, what's that? Like, I what I heard. <laughs> what <Yeah>. I heard. <laughs> It does sound a bit hobbity, doesn't it? It sounds a bit yeah. hobbity. Does, but it's anyway. Yeah, what I heard in the apple barrel. We'll see you then. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>